And everybody, welcome to the second ever West Coast Preps podcast. And we have a very special guest here joined with Gregory Moreland, Tuna, and I. We've got Brandon, the head football coach, Steven Johnson, coming off a historic year up there at Branham Football, one of their best seasons in program history. Coach, how you doing today? I'm good. I feel really good, actually. It's pretty nice and pretty – it's an honor to be on this, right? I'm the second guy you said? You are the first ever. Yeah, you're, you're our first, first ever. And on our second ever podcast, so you're making yeah. – Ah, uh, okay. So I'm guessing, like, Patrick Walsh and Mike Machado were unavailable, so I was, like, the best option. I mean, I mean yeah, we, 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 we got some <laughs> – by Bill Belichick. The times just couldn't work out. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> the best okay. coach in that, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not going to disagree. All right, I, I don't know. I think we see that Bill's pen in the background, and we know who the best coach and the best team in the AFC East is. Right there. Oh, man. You guys got to stop this. <laughs> hey, it's okay. I'm not a Patriots fan either. <laughs> I'm glad. That's good. But I guess let's start off with some hard-hitting journalism questions first. You're our first-ever guest. What does it mean to hold that honor and put that on your resume for the rest of your career? Yeah, it's definitely going to go under my experiences for sure. Uh, it's <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, you guys are doing a good thing. I'm just happy to be a part of it. Hopefully more guys get on and get exposure and all that. I think it's good for all of our programs here in the area. And now let's talk about yourself a little bit. How did you get into yeah. coaching in the first place? Yeah, so actually it's a pretty interesting story. I've wanted to be a coach since I was about 16. Uh, I remember I was a – player at Branham High School and I always thought to myself I'd be on scout D I was like a backup defensive end and I was always just like doing the right things I guess on scout team and I was always just like you know what I'm gonna write a book on defensive line when I get older I'm gonna I'm gonna code man I'm gonna be I have these aspirations of coaching and then sure enough after I graduated from high school or after I finished my last season of football as a football player at Branham I uh Typically, you know, after every season, I played football for about six years of my life. And every season, and I'm sure most guys agree with this that played in girls, is I typically cry at the end of every season. You know, it's a long eight months. You know, you're with your brothers five days a week. You know, it's like my last, my senior year, I didn't cry. Like, I was so physically and mentally, physically over football. Like, I don't know what it was about. I was over it. But my, my drive and kind of where I feel like I excelled football-wise was mentally uh, strategically. So I knew when I graduated and even after my, my last game as a brand football player, I knew I was going to be a football coach. That's what I wanted to pursue. And I did the minute I was doing spring football as a coach when I was still attending Branham as a senior, put it that way when I was 18. And then, yeah, that eventually just grew and blossomed. And then, yeah, it's here I am. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, yeah. kind of, you said you were mentally exhausted you know, what led to you being so exhausted? Was it just you put everything into it and you were just kind of like, this is the final hurrah? Uh, sorry, I, I probably didn't mean to say mental so much. It was physical. I mean, I've never been much of a guy to uh, to do the, all the running and all the physical taxing it takes on your body. And also, I was like a two-way lineman. I played special teams. I was a long snapper. So I never came off the field. And I just – I think I just got tired of the physical part of being in the weight room all the time. And and I was just never really in shape and anything like that. But I knew, like, one of my – I believe one of my attributes, at least I was told by me as a player, was I had such a high football IQ for, like, my – for my age. And for, like, I knew football – really well. It's just, it's just something that came to me naturally. And I really gravitated to the mental aspect and strategical aspect of it. And so, I mean, like with that, I kind of got out of high school and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to junior college. 
I'm just going to college. Like, why not put, I think I have a mind that can help benefit my community, somebody else in the realm of football. Like, why not just like take a stab at it and just see what comes of it since I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. So I just, I just went for it. And then here I am 10 years later. That's awesome. Yeah, I know yeah. coaching, coaching just one of those things too, where people helped you out, get into trying to kind of to get into the business and you help other people out. So who were some of your mentors just when you first came into the business that really helped you along? So I know, and I've, I've said this before publicly, the first person that definitely sticks, that was my head coach, my senior year, uh, Darren Spence. He kind of, I always had like a mental part of the game, like intact, I felt like, but he didn't really kind of encourage me like, Hey, like, yeah, you really know this. Like, you understand it. Like, people gravitate to you. And so him kind of being there, he, he was, it was his first year and it would be his only year, my senior year at Branham. So him sort of giving me that push and like, Hey, like, I don't know if you can play beyond the high school level, Steven, but I think you'd, you'd be an outstanding coach and you should go for it. So it's having that sort of someone believing in you. Right. And I feel like we get that a lot as we get older, as we're going through those precious years of our lives where all you need is someone to tell you they believe in you or they see something in you that you don't believe in seeing yourself. And I think that's what kind of take can take you as far as you want to go with it. And then outside of that, I would say uh, our head coach, when I first graduated, so our new head coach was Justin Hallis. He was my, uh, my defensive coordinator and I was a senior at Branham. He had an offensive coordinator as well named Nick Gardner. And uh, Gardner kind of took me under his wing. It was his first year at Branham as well. And Nick, if you don't know who Nick Gardner is, he was like the Mercury News Player of the Year in 2000, Oak Grove. He was a D1 prospect in the baseball and football run, ended up going to South Carolina. So a great guy to sort of learn from. He's probably about 26, 27 at the time when I met him. And he was just like super open. And he realized, although I was 18 early on, like he was confident in sort of my – acumen of the game if you want to call it that and so he kind of just gave me he's always he's never like hard on me he was never like overly negative with me he kind of believed in me and knew I could be special and kind of just let me just like make my mistakes along the way but learn through him also in the process so I think I would like to say he was a mentor not only when I first graduated but also when uh, I ended up coming back so those that don't know I was at one year kind of under the table at Branham when I was 18 uh, in 2010 and then uh, the, the school wouldn't uh, hire me formally as a coach because uh, I was too young. Because they say, oh, like you just graduated and these kids you played with. So we're not going to let you coach. That's not good. So since Branham wouldn't uh, like hire me formally, my former head coach at Branham, Kyle Padilla, he became the head coach at Lehigh School, which is our rival school across the street in 2011. Or, yeah, 2011. Yeah. And so uh, – he was like, Hey, I heard you're coaching and you can't get hired on at Branham, but, uh, I'm coaching here now. I just got hired in July. Do you want to come be the DJV defensive coordinator at Lee? And I was like, obviously initially I was like, Oh God, it's Lee, right? That's the last place I want to be at. Right. But at the same time, he said, I can get you a job and you can get cleared and you can be fingerprinted and you can actually coach here. You don't have to do what you've been doing. And so, you know, I, I, I did it. And so I spent two very rewarding and learned and learned a lot in my two years there at Lee's a JV coach. And then uh, I met a guy named Craig Williams, who was my, actually my eighth grade math teacher. <laughs> and so uh, he was the head coach on the JV team. So it was me and him running the JV team for two years. And so uh, I learned a lot from him. He, if you don't know who Craig Williams is, he is Charlie Wiedemeyer's best friend. I'm sure many of you know who Charlie Wiedemeyer is. And so I learned a lot about life and coaching and football and great Los Gatos high school stories through Craig Williams. And so that experience was incredible for me that at the age of 20, the defensive coordinator at Branham at the varsity level left. And so Coach Gardner became the head coach at Branham. 
And then I actually got offered the job to be the varsity defensive coordinator at Branham at the age of 20. And so I, I left Lee, went back to Branham. And I spent three years there, three very rewarding years there as a varsity coach. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can hire a 20-year-old JV a varsity defensive coordinator nowadays. Like, looking back at it, like, I don't know why Gardner did it, to be completely honest with you. It's a huge risk. But uh, I did it. Very proud of my success that we had there. It was three years there as a coordinator. But unfortunately, all good things come to an end. And I left to go finish my degree. And then, sure enough, here I am. That's the head coach at Branham. And so, I mean, I, I definitely give my hats off to Coach Spence, Coach Garner, Coach Howes, Coach Williams, Coach Padilla, all those guys who kind of helped me get to where I am now along the way in various capacities. Yeah. And obviously, you went to Branham and all that and your alumni there. But what makes yeah. Random so special? Why did you want to go back there and coach? To be honest with you, it was my – and this is going to sound kind of weird because a lot of people have more aspiring goals than these. But my, my dream was to be the head coach of Brandon one day. Some people want to be doctors. Some people want to be, you know, real estate agents. Some people want to be whatever, right? I wanted to be the head varsity football coach of Brandon High School. That was my life goal. That honestly what it was. I love Branham. I love the community and I love it really because it helped me become who I am today. I'm not who I am and someone who I'm proud of being had I not had my, my three years of experience at Branham from my sophomore to my senior year. So I really, I really owe it in my set and like in my mind, I guess, to the program and to the community kind of give back and be that face of the community and of the program because I just have so much adoration and just respect for the program as a whole. It's not some illustrious public program like Los Gatos or Menlo Atherton, Oak Grove. We don't have any sort of historical lineage of success, right? But there's something about just the love I have for the school in and of itself that wants me to be there and be that guy, if you want to call it that. That's awesome. I mean, we just posted our Monday motivation. It's, you know, wake up, have your thoughts and, you know, look, envision yourself achieving your goals. And it doesn't matter what your goal is. If you achieve it, you know, it's, it's an achievement no matter what. So, Absolutely. you know, if that was your goal, that, congratulations. that's awesome. And absolutely. Thank you. Wow. And now just take us through your first days at head coach at Branham coming back to the <laughs> water. What were those days like? What did you have to do? What did you have to install? As a, as an assistant coach or as a head coach? Head coach. Let's take you through the head coaching process. There. Oh, so head coach was, uh, I don't recommend any, anybody who's become a head coach for their first time to do it when the season starts in 10 days. So I got, I got the job. I, I interviewed for the job in early May, knowing, God, this is way too late to be taking a football job. But, you know, me being 26, I don't know any better. I just want to coach at Branham. It's my dream come true, right? Throw your hat in the ring, see what happens, right? So I get the job officially June 1st. First day of summer is June 10th, 2018. All right. Um, and this is a team that just came off a of CCS first round loss to Al-Sal. Quarterback is graduating. Best running back is graduating. Um, best linebacker is graduating. So, I'm going into it 10 days of preparation, hope to put a staff together and taking care of all the other stuff that wasn't taken care of. Apparently when I stepped into the job, the first 10 days, Chris was a, was a whirlwind. I was, I, and I kid you not, I was working no joke. I must've put in 14 hours every single day in, in various ways to get ready for June 10th. That was, that was the hardest I've probably worked in a 10-day period, non-physical labor, that I've ever worked in my life when it comes to like interviewing, inventory, 
uh, cleaning, uh, interviewing coaches, getting the new coaches up to speed with what we're doing schematically, uh, instilling like, like our accountability and our culture and just getting everybody on the same page. And there's this coach needs to get this cleared. He needs to get, have a CPR. Like it was, it was a ton, but I knew going into it that I had to, uh, to do that. Like, you know, down, then, then couple that with a junior Frank Poso who's getting on the radar now with different colleges, having to reach out to those colleges. Uh, it, it was, it was a unique experience. I will tell you that, but I know that experience ultimately made me way better to handle these situations later on down the road. I'm glad I kind of got thrown into the fire in that sense. And I, and I wasn't alone in that sense, but, uh, it was, it was definitely a tough first couple of days as the new Branham head coach, considering all that I had to do to get our guys ready in just 10 days, whereas every coach had what since January. So it, this was, it was super tough, but I'm glad I have such a great admin support at the time. My AD was full-time at the time. My AD was super patient with me, and I couldn't have asked much more from my admin when it came to that as a first-time head coach. I'm sure I was a pain to deal with this question after question after question. For sure. And so coming off from having 10 days to get ready for a season and then coming all the way to what you had just last season, coming off the trip to the CCS championship, how have you been able to build it to what you guys have gotten to? Yeah, I think it's a good question. Uh, I know first and foremost, I, I, I don't want to say that I built it. You know, I like to think of it as like from a metaphor of like it was a bowl. And I poured all the ingredients I thought would make it taste good. And I put it in the oven and the heat or the convection of the oven is my admin. It's my community. It's my, the culture I wanted to instill. It's my coaches that I hired to help build and establish this culture. It's the buy-in that I had to instill and get through to my players to believe in me, right? There's a guy who sees this guy's never coached football. I had been a head coach before. He's the, 26 like why am I gonna believe in this guy right so it's taking all those things in that little pot and putting it in the oven and letting it cook up and build up and hoping it creates the product that I wanted to create and so again like I don't I don't want to say like it was me that built it I felt like I facilitated and directed in some sense of what I felt was right but I to me it, it is far and wide just a an overall communal effort from top to bottom with the Brandon community and program and just them fearlessly believing that this vision I have is going to work. And if you just come along for the ride and believe with me and my staff that we're going to make things happen. And you know what? <laughs> I, it happened, I guess. So we just, uh, we're happy where it's at right now, but we know there's still a lot to be done to get to ultimately where we want to be as a program. When was that moment just during your head coaching career here at your alma mater when you realized like, hey, we've got something special here and we can get some championships and hang some banners on our campus? As a head coach, um, you know, when I, when I reflect on it, is there like a pivotal moment in time where I, f I felt like this program was going to go to where, you know, I kind of dreamt of it being one day i don't know it was a, a pivotal moment in time i remember like remember this is my second stint as a coach at branham so i've seen what we look like firing on all cylinders because a lot of so my offensive coordinator i have now he was the offensive coordinator when i was a defensive coordinator at branham back in early 2010s and so i remember that los altos game week three of my first uh of my first season and we were just marching down the field and i just remember this like overwhelming feeling coming in me like 
holy crap, Steven, like this is starting to look so normal and natural. Like it did when we were doing this three years ago, like I think you're onto something. And so then it kind of saw it happen. We took a lot of bad losses early on in that season. And then we rattled off three awesome wins to finish up my first season. And then I felt like, I guess like a moment where it was like, Oh my God, like this is actually happening. Uh, actually. Yeah. It was the Overfelt game this past season. It was on a Saturday and that game Overfelt, incredible program, right? Hats off to Carlo and what he does there. And it was, it was a pivotal game. GSF was there. Mercury news had talked about leading up to it. It was going to be a big deal between the two of us. It was going to be a hard fought game. And we both knew, I believe Carlo would agree as well. If you asked him, like we knew this would be a scrappy game. No one was going to, you know, take someone to the ringer and it was going to be crazy. Like we knew going to that game was going to be a tough, tough game. And I remember when we got that pick six with Gabe Castillo right before halftime to go up like 40 to nothing. I was like, oh my God, Steven, like we're doing it. Like this is it. It's happening. Like you, you, no one saw this coming. You just came into Overfell on a Saturday and hung 40 on him in a half. Like, holy crap. And so that was, I think it was that moment in time. And I told the kids after the game, like, guys, this is going to be a pivotal point in Brandon football history. We're going to look back on this game. We're going to say, wow. Like, this was the statement win for our program to help us get us to where we want to be as a program. For sure. And, you know, you you guys have gotten to the championship game now. Yeah. Where do you, where do you want to get to? Where do you want this program to get to in the next, say, two, three, five years? Um, I don't know. Ultimately, I mean, like, the end goal, right, is, we need to get out of the Santa Teresa division, Santa Teresa League, get up to the Mount Hamilton for sure. That's that's the ultimate goal, right? Is to be a, a perennial A-League contender year in, year out. To be, to be in the conversations of the Salinas and the Menlo Athertons and the Oak Groves and so forth, the public school powers here in CCS. But, I mean, really – it's it's a one day at a time thing with us right now, especially during COVID. I I know I one thing I've learned from one of my my new assistant coaches, Coach Pang. It's a great job. He humbles me so much. Is he always talks about the program and me too? As a young coach, gets caught up in those sort of questions. It's like, Stephen, guys, take it one day at a time. Take it one game at a time. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. So I always try my best to reflect on Coach Pang's sort of advice he gives me and the players as well, where it's like, hey, let's focus on one one day at a time sort of thing. And so I really want to gravitate the question back to just one day at a time. That's really just getting my kids comfortable with distance learning. Uh, it's uh, grade checks. It's uh, making sure their social, emotional, and physical needs are taken care of. And then football will come. And then when football comes, it's going to be a whole nother, you know, getting my guys physically, mentally ready for the grind of a whatever long season the season has in store for us. But then getting to that, to answer your question, we, we want to be in the Mount Hamilton. Honestly, I feel like we've built the program up now like we're starting a freshman team. Most, most programs are, are canceling the freshman team nowadays with the you know, concussion, fear, CTE, player safety. I mean, programs are losing their freshman team. We're adding a freshman team that's very against the grain. And we're the only public school in San Jose with a, with a freshman team. So I feel like with us getting the freshman team and hopefully coming off uh, – success i mean we came off success but having that equal success coming into this year our goal is definitely get to mount hamilton and and continue to achieve on the field and in the classroom and just building up young men overall 
and you're the you're the only public school now in San Jose to have a freshman team. And like you mentioned, participation numbers are kind of dropping in football across the country because just concussion numbers, safety, and all that. But you guys added a freshman team. How did you guys get to that point to raise up participation numbers to have a team at all three levels and not just that kind of frost off and varsity? Um, I think what really attributes to that, and I I, would, I guess I'd be lying if I didn't say success in some capacity, right? I mean, people want to play with winners, quote unquote, not that we're some crazy, illustrious winning program, right? But uh, I really, I truly believe this when people ask me, I think it's the guys we have in the building when it comes to our staff. Hats off to the guys that have stepped up in this program, the new guys that are in now and the guys who have came in last year and who have been with me along the whole way. I feel like the quality of men coaching our kids in the program. Kids want to be out there because they're enjoying themselves. They're having a nurturing, positive, building, young man building experience with us on the field that I think they want to be part of the brotherhood. They see these other kids are a part of the brotherhood and they're loving football and they're enjoying it. And I think people want to be a part of it. And I think the winning obviously will add to that, of course. But uh, I really believe I give hats off to my staff. I feel like the staff that we have in place here are real high quality men who are in the coach football in our community for all the right reasons. And I think the kids see these guys in the program and I, and I would encourage you to ask any of those kids in our program especially the ones who graduated I think the reason why these kids are coming out and playing it's the quality of man we have in this program running uh whatever it may be for us I think that's what really allows us to get to that point and what are your numbers like right now across all three levels what are your participation numbers looking like I am projecting and this and so so we had those summer cohorts over the summer right huh. I collected between 98 and 103 different waiver forms, which is mind boggling for this area in terms of numbers. But uh, overall, there's always those guys who they show up a couple of times and they fall off. So I'm overall, I'm projecting about 95 kids in the program. And I would say we'll keep 28 on the freshman team, probably go about 40 to 45 on the varsity team. And our JV team will be a thin 20 to 24, 25 kids. It might get to the point where we have to put juniors on JV because we're going to have so much varsity players in terms of seniors and, and juniors. We're going to have to put a couple of juniors on JV this year. And how do those numbers compare to last year and how much did you maybe add during this time period? Because I imagine adding kids during a COVID time would be a really impressive feat just considering I know. You know, there's no games for a while. Yeah. Uh, so our numbers, interesting enough, our, our, our numbers are so big last year on the JV and the lower level that we probably could have put together a freshman team in all honesty at that point last year. Our, our, our JV numbers were so big at one point at the onset in August last year that we had a whole conundrum with uniforms because we had literally ran out of equipment and uniforms to give kids. Cause we had, I think at what point we had about 60 kids on the JV team. It was just an absurd number. And so, uh, yeah, that, that was, I feel like that was, that was, that was the breaking point where I was like, you know what? I went to my aid. Like, we need a freshman team. I need to put something together. I need to hire some coaches. We need to fundraise because I, I can't, there's no point having a 60 person JV team. Let's cut these guys in half. For sure. Now let's get to the more hard hitting question. Yeah. Post on Twitter all the time. Yeah. About the food in San Jose. I remember the tacos one. You said you're going to go around to each taco place. Yeah. Every time you post it, I'm sitting there like, man, now I want some tacos or, or whatever you're posting about. Absolutely. So what is your favorite meal? 
my favorite meal i mean far and wide hot wings are the way to go and i i don't want to say buffalo wings so i don't offend you i'll say hot wings <laughs> but uh hot wings are definitely my thing i when it's funny when i was younger when i was in middle school i used to organize madden tournaments at my house and i used to put together like 16 man brackets we'd all pick a team we'd all put in 10 bucks and we'd all play Madden at my house on like three different TVs in the neighborhood and we'd, we'd play for money in, in middle school and I used to make homemade wings when I was in middle school for for the Madden tournament and uh wow. yeah and so I've been a huge chicken wing connoisseur for quite some time so far and wide wings take the take the belt no questions asked now, sure. now, now can we get this on the record so all of our viewers can see this that Next time we're in San Jose, food is on Coach Johnson because he's getting us so angry with all of these food posts that we can't share them with him. We got to make sure it's on record that Coach Johnson says food is on him. Food is on me, guys, whatever, anything, because I love sharing food with people. And if I need to bring wings, I'll bring some wings for you guys, all right? I love no, chicken, so. Good, no doubt about it. There's a lot of good – we go to, we get wings after every game, win or loss, on Fridays. So maybe you guys are covering a game. You can come join us at Smoke Eaters and get some more additional insight for your little articles and uh, videos. <laughs> I, I like this. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, tweet out the link so viewers can hop in there too. So let's let's just have a whole West Coast preps and Branham football get together in San Jose one night. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, when we go to Smoke Eaters on on uh, Fridays, Pioneer coaches are there. I've seen the Oak Grove coaches there sometimes. You're definitely going to see have other bunch of other coaches there. So no doubt, that's the place to go. But it's a little pricey, guys. Just a heads up. It's okay. It's it's on you, like you said. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. We, you don't have to worry about that. We just got to yeah, cover our right. gas out there, so it's no big deal. <laughs> but I know, okay. I know. Chris, last time we were at, week. <laughs> I'll be at Branham every week covering games for. Uh, the post-game chicken wings. Oh, you got it, man. Let's do it. I'm all for whatever. <laughs> anything for the kids, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Let's, let's shameless plug, hashtag for the kids, hashtag West Coast Press. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> but, but I know last time we were in San Jose, too, another really hard-hitting journalism investigative question. We talked about video games, a lot of computer games, PlayStation games. We talked about the old NCAA football's favorite video games of all time and favorite teams to play with. Ooh, favorite video games of all time. Uh, I almost want to take this in terms of like parts of my life, like elementary school, <laughs> middle school, high school, but I'm Go not. Uh, I'm all for, I'm all, I've been a Madden guy for so long. I was competitive for so long too, until about like my sophomore year of high school. But I got so, on junior year of high school, I got so, I, I was the kind of guy who was so competitive with it. Cause like I'm a coach, right? At least I'm an aspiring coach at that point in high school, right? And I'm, I'm getting my slants are getting picked off by this linebacker who didn't even reach step. He just picks us off and takes it for six. He breaks three tackles that make no sense by like three linemen. I it gets so unrealistic and I, my my anger and frustration amounted so much so often. I honestly had to stop playing Madden because it became so unrealistic for me to a fall and I was like I can't do this anymore. Um, after I kind of gave up uh, Madden. I started playing as my best friend. I started playing Rock Band. Rock Band was incredible. I don't know if you guys had Rock Band in high oh, school. Yeah. Rock Band is, uh, I think it goes down one of the best, most underrated games for that time period, honestly. I mean, it was a little pricey with all the instruments and stuff, but um, I mean, I love Rock Band a ton. I would play it right now if I had my Xbox 360 still. Um, outside of that, I mean, I grew up an N64 guy for sure. So Rampage, um, 
Mortal Kombat. Definitely got to go with some Mortal Kombat. Um, I was into wrestling when I grew up in WCW, the WWF Attitude Era. I was all for that, watching wrestling stuff too. So that was some great times for sure when it came to video games. But nowadays, I don't really play my console much anymore. I was largely just a Madden guy, to be completely honest with you, since I grew so fed up with Madden's animations and mechanics and whatever you want to call that when it came to gameplay. Gave that up. And uh, I would actually, now I'm on my computer and I, I've been a huge Magic the Gathering fan. It's a card game that was uh, originated in the 90s and my father played it when, uh, when he was going through my time period. And so when I was born, when I was about four years old, I started playing Magic with him. He taught me and my sister how to play Magic the Gathering. It's a little card game. And I've been playing Magic the Gathering pretty much ever since. And so now, they have, they have, since we're in COVID, right, I can't go to the, the trading game trading card store and play this game so they have it online so i just play online against people all around the country i'm not incredibly good at it but uh it's again it's another strategical thing to sort of test my mind because football is not testing it right now so i love anything strategy something where i have to think and consider my actions and how they perceive my following actions and so magic the gathering is something i do as like a family bonding thing me and my friends play it even my cooks on my coaches and that's something i just really just do it's a lot of fun. I encourage you guys to try it out sometime to be completely honest with you. That's awesome. I'll have to look it up and, uh, and try it out at some point. Awesome. You should. Um, all right. So said you like Madden for, for a little bit at least. Yeah. Or Michael Vick, the, uh, the best player in the game. Oh, uh, for Michael Vick is pretty freaking unstoppable. I will agree with you. And I'd have to, yeah. I mean the, the PS2 mechanics, dude, you can just run around like a chicken with your head cut off. You could be looking at the opposite field goal post and throw it behind your head and complete a pass to Marvin Harrison. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I would say that or maybe when Agent Peterson in his prime, if, like, every time you trust stick somebody with Agent Peterson, yeah. he'd either fumble or he was knocking that guy out into another dimension. So, uh, <laughs> Or Randy Moss. Actually, I take that back. Like, 06 Randy Moss. I remember you oh, just go oh, play no, action. I'll say that. No, don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. <laughs> Play action all goes Randy Moss. He, he's pretty much going to burn the corner every time. <laughs> Darn it. Now, now Gray's going to just be talking about Randy Moss. Uh, oh, great. Oh, wow. All right. This, this podcast isn't about them. One day, though. You're right, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> but but now I think something we got to get into. Greg just had to go on our, our last podcast on our first ever one and just kind of throw some athletes under the fire, especially Austin Flax from Mountain View, who just got his 10th offer saying he'll beat him one-on-one at the next exclusive speed showcase. So do you have any training advice, training tips for Greg to, have, to how to handle some of these D1 athletes? And I've never played football before, so I, I need all the advice I can get. So are you guarding Austin Flax, or is he guarding you? No, uh, I'm guarding him. Oh, man. Well, so I don't know if you guys know, we play Mountain View week one, so we have Austin Flax. So we're already scouting him, breaking him down, right? So yeah. okay. hope Perfect. you guys are at that game. That's going to be a good game. I guess you asked the right guy, aside from my defensive coordinator. I mean, the best thing you got going for you is you better tell him he's on the ball. He can't have a guard off the ball, and you just need to get your hands on him and just move with him and look at his hips, not his head. He's going to head fake you. So be located on his hips and just fix, fix on those hips and use those hands. But no two-handed punches because if you get on your toes, you're toast. He's going to burn you. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm getting even more scared every time we talk about it. <laughs> yeah, think about us. We have to play in week one. So. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. At least you've got a few more months to prepare for that. Greg's only got about, I'm thinking a month. So this kid, I'm thinking this video is going to go viral pretty quick here. About September 14, <laughs> yeah. 15. But, but now we got to ask you, does Greg cover him successfully one-on-one? Uh, I mean, clocks, a, a broken clock's right twice a day, right? So if, if yeah. we're going one out of 10, if we're going one out of 10. Yeah. Greg, Greg's got him once. Maybe he slips, you know, maybe he's not wearing cleats. He's on the turf and he slips, right? Like, <laughs> uh, Greg yeah. got long arms. <laughs> I, can get, I can get him seven out of 10, I think. All right, then. All right, then. I want to see it. Then. Make sure you guys film it. Oh, for sure. We'll film it. All right, I'm all for that. Wait, did you just say you could get him seven out of 10 times? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I love the confidence, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just not seeing this. <laughs> I mean, I think it's going to happen. Seven out of 10. You got to have confidence in yourself. You got to have confidence. I mean, he's a Patriots yeah, fan. It's, 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 yeah. it's goal setting, goal setting, just like a Monday yeah. motivation. If Absolutely. I went to and said one out of 10, then what kind of goals am I setting, you know? I right. 10 out of 10, but I'm trying to be halfway realistic here. Okay. Right. On, a scale of, on a scale of one to 10, how scared are you? <laughs> one. Zero. I'm not scared. I'm ready. I'm going <laughs> every day. I've been lifting. I'm running. I'm ready. Oh, he's ready then. Okay. Put so, him in coach. So when you text me after this saying that you're scared, I'm going to expose this text to the world. <laughs> They're going to see this. Well, good luck finding that text because it ain't coming. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Got that. I think he'll send it. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm, but I'm ready. It's, it's going to happen. And I'm also, looking forward. Also, we need to get Chris to run the 40-yard dash against me. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, if, if I break seven and a half seconds, I think is fair. I'm not really a sprinter anymore. It's been, it's been a while since I did the sprints in elementary school back when I was one of the faster kids then. <laughs> They got into – I didn't really sprint again after that. I was more of the distance guy after that. So, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I'll try. I'll try. Coach, yeah, I got to film that race. Me or uh, Mr. Chris over there? Well, who's training leading up to the point? So, I've only heard if you're training. I don't know if, if Chris is training right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm training, training, the guy. training seven days a week. Oh, seven days a week, man. Getting up every Ooh. morning, working out. That's just lying now. F- what's the over and under on this guys <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking over under on greg winning is zero <laughs> and the over under on my 40 time has to be seven and a half no way you're running seven and a half <laughs> i think i think i could get like five six five five really that's bold okay no yep well, I think Gray's got more confidence. I feel like I'd go with the confident guy right now. But I'm not money-lining him, that's for I, sure. I, I think he's just spewing stuff. Just I think that's all it is. He's like Ocho Cinco. <laughs> yeah. He's, you're you're, you're going to flash that like dollar bill to the ref again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have that race, and uh, we'll make sure it's recorded and make sure uh, we see that I'm the ultimate champion. When it comes to forty yard dash against you, Chris. I thought that I was wasting, racing William Brown from San Joaquin Delta. I gotta go against the fastest man competition winner. I can't go against Greg. I gotta, I gotta go against the fastest guy, and you gotta go against the best receiver from there. Okay, fair enough. In order to be the best, we gotta beat the best. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm not beating William Brown. I like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
You have no I, 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 I know my worth. He's run a four four six forty. William Brown, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be crazy enough to think I'm faster than you because I'm not. In, in, in Austin, just understand that Greg's not going to be here. I'm, I'm completely on your side in this whole thing. Also, shameless plug, check out Austin Flock's feature on our website and Mateo Poso's feature on our website as well from Branham Football. Yes, you absolutely must. Branham Football gets a shout out there, but it's kind of crazy. Mateo, I guess speaking of him for a second, offer after his freshman year of college. High school. Yeah, of high school. Yeah, he's already got the college offer, and I'm already mixing up those words. But when did you know, I guess, that Mateo was so special? When did I? I mean, when I, I – so good question, actually. I, You know, football, people get this – non-football people. that you People look good in shirt and shorts, you know. Like, it's easy to run around and look good catching a football in shirt and shorts or whatever, run on the ladder. But when he put the shoulder pads and helmet on, I watched him play in his first game against Pioneers, a JV guy. Guy's just electric off the edge. He has like this second sort of second gear explosiveness that when you kind of see it as like a football person, you're like, oh, he's that kind of guy. He's that twitchy. So we saw how twitchy he was, quote unquote. Um, yeah, so we knew. Yeah, this guy's really good. This guy's definitely got something to him. And then you, you combine that with the physical intangibles with him being 6'1, 205, 210 going into his sophomore year. Yeah, that's it's it real easy to see early on when he put the shoulder pads helmet on that he was going to be something special. Now, what about the leadership you've got on your team? I know you think you talked about it a little bit ago that it just sounds like you've got great leaders on your team. I know we talked to Nick Van Zanzi, your quarterback, last week. How much are he and how much are all of your leaders on this team kind of helping you guys out through these times and helping you guys continue on this tradition that you're really starting to set in that Bruins football program? We definitely have some mature beings on this team. We lost some leadership. We have some mature beings. Nick has proven himself as a leader. I would like to see some more of these mature beings on our team who have leadership qualities sort of step up to the plate as we've talked to them in individual player meetings and sort of lead at some capacity, whether they be their positional group or, you know, a collective offense or defense or the team as a whole. But uh, I, I will strictly talk and attest to Nick's leadership. The kids just know what Nick's about and they know the expectation. And so when Nick talks, they listen because he's been around us, aside from Matt Cordova, uh, longer than anybody else with the staff. And so they're going to take Nick's lead, and they're going to run with him into the fire if he tells them to run with him. So I think Nick's just – his just mental maturity and his understanding of what we need as coaches from the kids and what he knows he, he, we need from the players, he's sort of like that bridge between the two to really help us – get what we need out of our program out of these kids right now and uh fortunately as i said when we met with nick and talked i really like the work ethic and maturity of this group as a whole and so i i I don't expect nick to need to do much more because a lot of these guys are very independent and they are hungry and they want to work hard and they be and want to be better i know i so now that we're all shut down i go and run at branham here and there just to get out of the house and whatnot and uh I see our kids out there on their own doing stuff. I mean, I mean the most football functional stuff per se, but uh, every time I go out there, there's one to four of my players out there getting better. And I, I think that's just a testament to the culture and the kid we have here on campus that wants to achieve and be successful in the program on the field. And so, I mean, that starts with obviously a mindset, but also I think Nick and 
hopefully other mature leaders will continue to develop that and hone it further so we can ultimately have an ultimate sort of 40 Nick Bandanzas on the varsity level because <laughs> that, that's the dream, right? It's not necessarily attainable, but uh, we can, we can aspire and hope for it. That's for sure. For sure. Anything else uh, for this podcast, Chris? The last thing we should ask is just about your facilities. I know we've seen oh, yeah. kind of that latest press box you've got there. Your turf field looks really good. And obviously that background settings kind of hard to beat there at Branham. I know Greg was up in the away bleachers, I think for like 20, 25 minutes taking pictures there last time. Just how much have the, how much have the facilities, I guess, grown just since you've gotten back there at Branham high school? Yeah. I mean, since I've even gotten back there in the mere two years, yeah, two years and one month, two months since I've been the head coach of the program, that press box is brand new. The turf is relatively new. That scoreboard is brand new. Um, if you go drive down Branham Lane, all those building, uh, sorry, buildings are brand new. I mean, the, the school is really, really improved in just those two years facility-wise, and it's it's only going to get better. And it, it's wild being an alum, having graduated 2010, and remembering what the school looked like 10 years ago, and being there now as a substitute teacher and as a head football coach. It's uh, it's it's quite the transformation, I will tell you that, and I know I have it really well when it comes to that stuff obviously we're no st john bosco where we have like a two-story fitness facility with a 30 squat racks and an indoor turf field and three different uniforms and six helmet different helmet colors and all that stuff but uh relative to our area and our district i do think we have it pretty good and i think our district does a good job for the most part of taking care of athletics across district and, and i think branham's a no exception. I think we all have something really good here in our district. I feel like our district and our administrations do as good of a job as they can to support us in getting what we need. Awesome. Yeah, we look forward to checking out some games and some more practices up there at Branham soon. It'll be good to see you guys back out in the field and build on that CCS championship run you guys made last year and that league championship run you guys made last year. Thanks for coming on, Coach Johnson. We always appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Definitely yeah. be in touch with you again soon, and congrats on all your success, and good luck this upcoming season. No, thank you for having me on, guys. I do appreciate it. I definitely hope this isn't the last time we're connecting because I definitely look forward to having a full football season and getting to know you guys even more and obviously getting you guys some wings. Yes, I'll be there for those wings after the Friday night game, for sure. Uh, that's what I like to hear, Greg. Sounds great. But everybody, thank you for listening to another edition of the West Coast Preps podcast with Coach Steven Johnson from Branham's football program. Our next show tentatively scheduled is having Giles Chapman from Exclusive Speed. Of course, his family's actually expecting a baby this week. So we'll see how that scheduling kind of gets, maybe if it gets affected or not. But for now, Giles Chapman's our next guest. So everybody, thank you for listening. So be sure to check out our content on our website, westcoastpreps.com. Subscribe to our newsletter. First newsletter actually just came out Monday. It'll come out every Monday and Thursday. You can subscribe at westcoastpreps.com. Follow us on social media at westcoastpreps underscore and subscribe to our YouTube page.